Hello, and welcome to the Uplifting Content Podcast. I'm your host and the founder of Uplifting Content, Ioni Butler. And in each episode, I'll be speaking to a special guest about a topic that matters. Enjoy the show. Um, so I first, had, first learned about my guest today by reading one of her posts um, about the recent changes to Facebook. And as many of you know, I've been deeply traumatized by all of these changes. And so I just wanted to pick her brains and find out more about that. But I'm very excited to have learned even more great stuff about her. She has a fantastic blog. She's got a book coming out, which we'll talk about. And she's kindly offered to give away a copy of one of her books. So you can enter to win that. I'll put the link in the comments. Um, and she, we will talk about it in a second. But without further ado, Erica Anderson, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Hi, great. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. I'm glad that I found you. I'm super intrigued by everything that you've got going on, but maybe a good place to start would be for you just to um, introduce yourself to everybody. Tell us a little bit about you and what you're about and what you're up to. And congratulations for the new little baby, by the way. She's just had a baby. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I, my name is Erica Anderson. I live in Indiana, um, although I did just come from living and working in Washington, D.C. for 10 years. And I have two kids. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a six-week-old baby that I'm holding right now. So hopefully <laughs> she will it. stay asleep. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I work for the Independent Women's Forum, um, which is a policy organization out of D.C. So I'm traveling there pretty frequently. And then, um, like I said, or like you said, I have a book coming out um, in June with HarperCollins called Leaving Cloud Nine. It's a, it's a biography um, not of my life, but of my husband's life. And outside of my professional life, I am a runner. I like to do CrossFit and love reading, love traveling. So that's kind of the short story of me. <laughs> I like it. It's a good summary. I appreciate it. <laughs> so um, to start with, you work in digital media. That's That's been your thing. Um, so the, I've just posted a link to the article that you had about Facebook. And so maybe if you could just share with us your thoughts on the recent changes to Facebook and what that article was about, just to fill people in. Sure. Well, so there, there's been quite a bit about Facebook lately in the news, mm -hmm. um, one being the, um, the data breach, which with the company Cambridge Analytica um, regarding the 2016 campaign. And then also before that came out, it was the changes to Facebook, you know, Mark Zuckerberg coming out saying that he was going to um, deprioritize uh, fan pages and, you know, emphasize personal friends, family, and also Facebook groups, which I thought was really interesting. So mm -hmm. those are kind of the two things that have got people feeling a little negative about Facebook right now, unfortunately. And I, like you, like I, I actually love using Facebook. I've been working in social media for 10 years. Um, and I don't want to see it go away. Uh, so that is why I, part of, part of the reason why I wrote that article, which was to kind of encourage people not to leave the platform, because I think it's really more of a detriment to them um, than it is a benefit in the end. Do you mean more of a detriment to the people leaving um, or Facebook? Well, both, really, mm -hmm. um, because I think that so, so people are very concerned about their privacy and I, I totally understand that, but I also feel like we live in a world in which our information is online and that's already being used uh, to advertise to us, not just from Facebook, but from every company out there because they use programmatic advertising, which, you know, for those that don't know, that's just, you know, like, you know, when you go to the Zappos site and then you go to another website and you see the 
you know, mm -hmm. the ad for Zappos that you were just looking at. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of things like that that are already happening. And in regards to this um, Cambridge Analytica scandal, this exact same kind of data, it wasn't called a breach, but this exact same kind of process was actually used in the 2012 Obama campaign. So um, it's not new. It's actually not new at all. And so I think people are kind of freaking out more than necessary. Although I do understand the concern for privacy. I just don't think that we're going to be getting any more private if we're going to keep our lives online in any way at all. Right. And so do you think that, so can you, so, can you actually explain to me a little bit about what it is? Because my understanding of it might not be exactly what happened. My understanding is that they have took, took data from people to target. I mean, to, I, I'm, what I'm saying, as I'm saying it now, I'm like, yeah, that's what people do. To target like ads at certain people to help sway their opinion. And I guess, well, that, is that what it was? Yeah, well, the, the controversy is that the company took data from people who didn't agree to have their data used. So, so there was, you know, say several thousand people who took this quiz. It was this one particular quiz, you know, one of those silly quizzes, like mm -hmm. what kind of flavor of popsicle are you? I don't know. It was something like that. Mm -hmm. And what happened was the company took not only the people who took the quizzes information, but they took the data from all of their friends, which of course you know, people have anywhere from, you know, 50 friends to you, I believe you can have 4,000. So I, I can't remember the number now, but I want to say it was something like 50 million people actually were affected by this breach. Um, so I, I don't think that they are the only ones that have done this. I think they're just the only ones outside of what I mentioned before with the Obama campaign um, that, ha, that it's public knowledge. So I think there's a lot more of this going on. It's just that this, these people just kind of got caught. Right, right, <laughs> so that's right. That's what happened there. Yeah. Okay. So moving on from that then with, um, so, so it's interesting because you say that the article you wrote was more to kind of, you think it's more in, it's more of a detriment for people to leave Facebook. Um, explain that to me. Like, yeah, what, what, what is it? And I, and I think it's wonderful that you really appreciate it as a platform. And, and I do, I do really appreciate it as a platform because it's enabled me to help and reach out and connect with people through uplifting content. But at the same time, like I'm deeply annoyed by the fact that you now have to, you've built this beautiful community of amazing people and then they take all of the reach away. And then I have to now pay to connect with people who chose to follow. Um, and so I'm curious as to, um, yeah, to hear your thoughts on why it's good to stay. Yeah. Um, and then um, also your thoughts on. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree as someone who manages multiple Facebook pages and always have, like, it is incredibly frustrating to have built this community. Um, and, and some, you know, and some of the pages I run, we have actually spent quite a bit of money to um, attract new fans. And so we've got these big pages, we've got all these people and now Facebook is not showing that um, our stuff to them. And that's super frustrating. Um, and unfortunately there's not a lot you can do about that as a company or as a fan page, but what you can do in, in that position is to take advantage of what they are giving you. Um, one thing that I've done, um, in my own organization is we started a Facebook group because Facebook said that the group pages were going to be prioritized. So you kind of have to, I mean, unfortunately they are kind of like the master of <laughs> master of our Facebook fate, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, there are things that you can do inside of that to, to stay relevant on the platform. So I don't think I wouldn't encourage any company, certainly, um, or personality or author or anything like that to leave the platform. It's definitely a place you should be. 
Um, and so trying to do the best you can within the framework of what they're giving you, but also as individuals, which is more kind of where I was going with my article, um, as individuals, I mean, personally, I, I got, I get a lot out of the, the Facebook groups. So I mentioned in the article, just multiple things that I've, um, I've done. Like, for example, I just, um, I just had my baby and I decided to do formula feeding for my baby and I felt very alone. And I, I found this group on Facebook that has been just this amazing community where I can ask questions and I feel supported. Um, that's one group. I've had other groups like where I do like a prayer requests and um, I use it for all kinds of kind of like emotional support. And I think you can, people can find those kind of communities if they're looking for them. And I think that's a, a good reason to stay on the platform. And in addition to that, I mean, I don't, I don't, I know not everyone is, in line with me on this, but I actually like hearing about people's lives, like even the stuff that they're complaining about or even the negative stuff. Sometimes it's really a place where people, we're the only place that some people feel that they can vent or find support. And I do think it can be a great support system um, if you are able to arrange it the way that, that works for you. And Facebook gives you so many opportunities and ways to set up your account so that you can kind of tune out some of that negative stuff I and, mean, you know, take away the people that are doing things that you don't like and, and make kind of customize your newsfeed and your experience to what you want your experience to be. And a lot of people just don't take advantage of that and just complain about the way it is without taking action. And, and I just think that's silly. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I agree. I totally agree with you. The, the issue that I have is you can only favor it like 20 or so people. And then, and so I've got, you know, may, maybe, I don't even know, just over a thousand or something friends. And there's people that I met when I was traveling three years ago, for example. And because I don't see any posts from them, I don't interact with them. And the only reason I followed them on Facebook was because that I could stay in contact and see them. And so right. as much as I can have customized and I've highlighted, you know, certain friends and family that I want, I'm still not getting to see posts from people because they, it's, it's that whole thing of you get to see people that you interact with more and then you're just spammed by the same people over and over again. And of course you're going to interact with them because they're the only ones that you can see. So I, I do see what you're saying. And I definitely think people should hide. Um, you know, you don't have to unfriend somebody, but if somebody's spouting stuff that you don't like, you can definitely hide them. And I rec recommend that. Um, but we're not getting, we're not getting what we've signed up for. We're not getting who we want to see. And so that, that's kind of my issue with it and struggle with it. But yeah, no, I agree. And I, and I will say just having worked with a lot of folks at Facebook specifically when I lived mm -hmm. in DC, they are open to suggestions like that. So when I hear you say like they only allow 20 people um, to favorite or 20 favorites, I think that's something that they would actually hear and say like, oh, okay, so people want to be able to favor more. I think that's actually something they would look at and, and seriously consider adjusting. Um, they are always, I know, um, like, again, they have a bad rap right now, but they are you know, they do want to give a good experience. And I know, like I said, no, some of the people personally that work there and that's the kind of suggestion that they would really take to heart. So, um, okay. I would, you know, for what it's worth. <laughs> no, definitely. And that's really encouraging. I think, cause what I found is, um, I don't have a, anybody at Facebook and all these things have been happening. Like they basically just blocked the page at one point and we were reaching like one or two people oh. with every post and, and it, there's no one to communicate with about it. It's just kind of like this faceless thing. So it's reassuring to hear from you that they are open to doing stuff. Cause from my experience of it, I'm starting to become a little bit jaded. So I'm glad that yeah, we're having very, this conversation. It can be very, um, <laughs> very frustrating if you don't have someone that you can contact. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, 
maybe I can help you out after this phone call. <laughs> that would be lovely. That would be fantastic. <laughs> we should talk. <laughs> yeah, no, awesome. And it's, it's been, it's refreshing to hear your perspective too, because you've definitely kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's good for me to hear. And that's why I'm glad I'm having conversations with people like you to give me this kind of different side of, and things to think about. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, one last thing on the Facebook thing that just to check, check with you about, um, how much time do you spend on it? What do you recommend? Like you say you enjoy it. You enjoy watching the good and the bad and seeing what's going on with people. Um, what do you say to people that, um, yeah, like for a lot of people, it's not a good experience. Like they kind of compare themselves to other people or they find themselves browsing on it for hours and hours a day. Um, what are your thoughts on like, do you think it's good for humanity, <laughs> society? Like, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it can be good in terms of, like I said, using the, the group function um, mm -hmm. for the positive encouragement and support that you want. Um, for comparison, of course, it can be, it can be a real killer. I mean, I do it myself. I, I, I compare myself, you know, same with Instagram, mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. Um, so I, I do think, you know, every person is different in that people do maybe need to limit themselves on social media sometimes. Like, you know, maybe you do need to say, I'm not going to pick it up when I'm hanging out with my kids or I'm not going to during dinner or a certain kind of like a fasting for a portion of your day. Like I am on it definitely more than a normal person, um, partially because it's my job, but partially also just because I just, I like it. And I, I really don't, the only times I've ever really felt super negatively affected by it, um, have been during like, uh, like 2016 during the election, I needed to shut, shut it down a little more often because I was going crazy with some people. Um, mm -hmm. So when there's a really heated kind of controversial issue going on in the news, I feel like that is one of the most uh, difficult times to use it. And so um, at, at that point in time, you know, I would say that's the time where you hide somebody. That's the time where you say, don't want to see, you know, don't want to see posts like this. I think that gives, they give you an option for that. So, um, but I would say, yeah, if it's getting you down, if it's frustrating you, yeah, you need to take a break. Like mm -hmm. every, uh, what's everything in moderation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good, uh, I think that's a good motto for, for all things and yes. Facebook and social media. Uh, one thing that I've done recently because, um, because I'm not seeing as much of the things that I want, for example, like I want to see articles from magazines that I enjoy. Like I want to see content from pages that I'd like, like if I liked your page, I would want to see content and I'm not seeing that. So one thing I've been doing recently is actually finding the home pages of those places that I really enjoy. And I've been subscribing to their newsletters. I've been just going to the home pages to look for stuff because you're going to miss so much because Facebook mm. is elevating so many things and they're taking things completely out of your feed. So it, mm. it makes you be a little bit more proactive, but do that because you don't want to be just fed things without any right. reason. Um, and especially if you're in, involved in politics or you're involved in, you want to be educated on issues, like you need to go out and like expand your horizons beyond, um, beyond just Facebook. I saw a really great article that you tweeted um, um, about that. Um, someone was saying about, you know, because Facebook, all these algorithms are dictating what you see. And so we're only being sort of fed this one sided thing. And so, you know, choose the sources that you want and bookmark them in your, you know, on your browser and go to the websites and you go and find the information that you want rather than have an algorithm put something under your face, you know? And so right, exactly. I, and that's how so many people got, um, you know, I hate, I hate using the term fake news, but mm. there was a lot of that from both sides. And, mm. um, 
I do think that it's because people are just letting people, things be fed to them instead of actually seeking out a variety of sources. And that's a problem. Like we need to be more um, proactive and not so lazy about our news consumption, especially now. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent agreed. Cool. So thank you for that. Um, and then moving on to your book, um, it sounds fascinating and it's the true story of your husband. Is that correct? Yep. It's my husband. It's a biography of his life. Um, he went through a lot as a kid. He had a very kind of like traumatic abuse of childhood with his mom um, and a lot of other factors that went into that. Um, but he has just kind of a beautiful redemption story as he became an adult and um, found faith and, you know, we got married and now we have two kids. And so that's a very, a very condensed version of the book. But I think um, it's, it's a great story for people that are looking to find hope or maybe people that feel like they don't have any hope and overcoming um, a traumatic childhood. Um, and he has dealt with everything from, you know, mental illness to, um, you know, his mom being a drug addict and um, he was in the army and he was medically discharged. So there's a lot in there. Um, but it was kind of, it was, it was incredible to write and interview him and just show people um, all that he overcame. And um, hopefully, what we hope is that people find hope from it. We hope that people that have been in these same situations or maybe feel like they can't get out of them will read his story and say to themselves, okay, like he did it, I can do it too. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's called for anyone. It's called Leaving Cloud Nine, and uh, it, Cloud Nine was the name of the um, the tra trailer park. Is that yep. the trailer park that he yeah. was raised in? Um, and it's interesting because I had a, I had a was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and we were talking about you know, are people, are there evil people and good people? And I believe that there's no no one's born evil. We just um, there's things that happen. There's a lot of mental illness. People, people make choices and go down bad paths, but underneath all of the whatever actions, not to justify people's actions, but underneath everything, I believe the core of people is good. And so we were, and we were talking about, you know, what happens to someone when they're being raised, if someone's abused or tortured or mistreated, people go down two different paths. One person like your husband, for example, can go down his path and then somebody else can go and down the path of doing the same thing and harming and hurting other people. Um, and I just think it's a, it's just a, it's just a fascinating topic because it's like, what is that? you know, I mean, it's, it comes down to a choice at the end of the day, I guess. Um, but what is it that helps one person go in one direction and one person go in another? And so for your husband, was, was it finding get his religion? Was that, was that the catalyst or was there something before that, that kind of, um, set him off in his, his path? Well, I think it's, it can be really hard to say. Um, you know, one thing that we focus on is the fact that he, he had a sister and they're very close. They're still very close. I think having the support of one another was really helpful to them. I think every story, there are so many different factors that go into it. So you can't necessarily pinpoint, but I think having his sister, he also had a stepdad in his life that was very um, influential and was a good, um, just a a good person in his life um, mm -hmm. that may have made a, a difference in some way. Um, ultimately overcoming his past though, um, overcoming it and becoming happy, um, you know, coming out of this, basically he'd been depressed for, I mean, he, he, he basically, he ch changed his life when he was about 34, 35 and he'd pretty much been depressed his whole life. And he just yeah. didn't know that you could be happy. And, and mm. so with that, yeah, we do believe that, his faith was really the turning point for him. Like he just discovered that 
um, he couldn't do it on his own anymore. He felt that he did hit rock bottom and he, it was kind of like it, a lot of times people don't turn to God until that's where they are. And so that's where he was and he wished he would have, he would have turned earlier, but, um, but his faith is really where he believes like um, this miraculous change occurred in his heart and his soul. Um, because he can't explain it any other way. Like right. there's, no, there's nothing else to explain it. And, um, and so that to me watching that, because I met him kind of before that happened, it was kind of right as it was beginning to happen. And it's just been incredible to watch from my perspective. Like, even though I've been uh, a Christian for my whole life, like I still am like, Oh my gosh, this really feels like a miracle mm. happening before my own eyes might mm. be answered. So, um, so, you know, he just, it, he's got a lot of stories in there. He's pretty nervous about everybody <laughs> seeing his entire life mm. in a book. But he feels it's that important to tell because he wants other people to, to know that they can have that same experience. Yeah. And from I can totally understand where he's coming from because I've sort of posted some very honest videos and felt that same nervousness about being so raw and authentic. But what I've found is when you are just so honest about stuff um, and sharing things from a place of wanting your experience to be a benefit to others, pretty much every single person um, is appreciative of it and supportive of it. So, um, yeah, good on him for being brave and coming out, coming out about all yeah. of that stuff. And I look forward to reading it. It sounds fascinating. And congrats. Is this your first, um, published book or have you? Published oh yeah, for sure. It's yeah. uh, been a labor of love. We started it about, I don't know, over five years ago and wow. I, I actually planned on self publishing it and kind of just threw like, uh, one random connection <clears throat> got introduced to a book agent and long story short, it was, it was bought by Harper Collins, which is a huge book publisher. That's and it, a huge deal. I yeah. mean, I'm still in shock that it's happening. Like I would yeah. have never, ever guessed, but it is a dream come true. I've been saying since I was a little girl that I want to be a published author. And so now yeah. it's finally happening. So I feel very grateful and um, just mostly glad that a lot of people are going to be able to read this story and get something out of it. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for you cause I'm on the process in the process of working on a book right now too. So I know that it's, it's quite a challenge, especially when you're hoping to get it picked up and things like that. I'm at the proposal yeah. stage and yeah, I, I'm already like, Oh my gosh, this is tough, but fine, Let me know yeah. if I can help. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I know this is a great conversation. <laughs> you just saw an article and now I'm like fascinated by everything. Okay. And then lastly, I would love to chat about, so you've got your, um, sweet life blog. Tell us about that? Well, so I started my blog back in 2011, um, just kind of a healthy living lifestyle. It was, that's when blogs were really kind of the thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was fun. I wrote a lot about fitness and I got to work with a lot of brands, um, got to, uh, like Reebok and, um, Mizuno and all of these really cool brands do some like promotional stuff with them. And, um, it really, it was kind of like in the, I was really growing, doing really well back in 2012, 2013, when I was heavily invested in it, kind of trying to make a business out of it. Um, these days, I just kind of don't write on it as much, but I do have it as a platform to talk about um, what's going on, like either with my book or I update stuff about my kids. And um, I occasionally do still write fitness stuff. I'm still really into the fitness world. I'm a, I am a certified personal trainer and I do love to um, do the fitness thing. I actually just started working out yesterday uh, after my six weeks off after having a baby. So I'm super excited to be um, able to get those endorphins going again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so my blog has given me a lot of opportunities, including just being able to building my social media 
um, followings on like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, that kind of thing, which is something I just really enjoy. And I just love interacting with people. And I've made a lot of friends just from the internet, just from my Mm. blog, going to conferences and things like that. So, um, I'm, I'm just so pro, um, internet community, I guess. I think Mm. it's a lot of fun. I think you can get a lot out of it. And so that's, again, that goes back to why I am so supportive of staying on Facebook and trying to make it work if you can. I love that. Um, what, what do you, because uh, the, the blogging arena has changed. Um, do, do you think it's worth people, because I would say if somebody asked me about Facebook pages, I would say don't even, don't, I mean, have one, but don't even bother investing time and energy and money into it. Work mm-hmm. on like a group or something. Uh, what would be your thoughts on somebody that's starting a blog? Because I feel like it's not the same as it was and it is quite difficult to get it going. Like, what would you recommend? Well, I would say you need to have a real kind of strategic plan. Like, are you are you trying to sell something? Are you trying to teach something? Are you trying to promote a product? Because if you're just going to start a blog, just for like, I'm going to talk about my life. That's not, that's not going to work these days. Now it did work for a few people back in the day. Like uh, I think like if you're familiar with the blog cupcakes and cashmere, that that's a really big one that that she actually has like a line of clothing at Nordstrom now. Um, That's how her blog started back in the old days. But these days it's just so oversaturated Mm. and um, you really can't just make money from it anymore. And not that I'm saying necessarily someone would want to make money, but a lot of times people do. I mean, yeah, Um, it's a lot um, of work. Yeah. So I I would just say like, you need to have kind of like a greater purpose for why are you doing this blog? Because I do think you you can have a website that's successful. Like a lot of people are doing webinars these days. A lot of people are doing like really niche topics that they're really good at and turning it, um, turn, having a website that's like specifically about those things. And I think that would be kind of an angle to go places where you can get, uh, you know, a place where you can really get into Google search and, um, places where people are coming for a very specific thing. But I think keeping it small, um, in terms of topic focus is really the only way that something could be successful these mm-hmm. days. Okay. Thanks for that advice. Um, and then lastly, um, tell us about the independent women's forum. Sure. Um, so, uh, we are a policy organization, like I said, in DC. Um, so we focus on everything from, um, let's see, I'm, t- I'm going to like, I need it in front of me, but we, you know, healthcare, um, we, we, uh, the economy, we talk about a lot of, uh, we focus on like a lot of maternity leave types of issues. Um, we have some proposals out right now that, um, that if are, are for, um, to kind of like solve the maternity leave problem, which is basically like, well, we're not going to get a year paid maternity leave, um, you know, as some people want, but also we don't want to make it so that nobody can have any maternity leave. So we try to come up with kind of like more moderate style solutions. Um, hopefully that can be supported from both the left and the right. Um, and uh, we do generally lean conservative. Um, so we're one, I think we're the only, I could be wrong on this, but I think we're the, either the largest or the only conservative women's policy organization out there. Um, and so, um, yeah, so we're just trying to like provide solutions that everybody can, can enjoy. And, um, it's a lot of fun. We work with a lot of people, um, in the government. And then we just work with a lot of analysts that are kind of spread out across a variety of other organizations as well. Gotcha. And how has it been from moving from DC to Indiana? Um, it's been different, <laughs> but it, you know, DC is very exciting, very busy. Um, Indiana is not quite, quite as uh, busy, but my family's here. I grew up here. 
And, um, and it's nice to just, I can go back, uh, anytime I want. Mm. So that's good too. So it's been a little slower, but it's been nice. I moved here right before my son was born he's two and a half. So I never, I never was in DC with kids. So I feel like life might've been a little bit crazy with mm -hmm. the kid thing, uh, living there. But, um, I think Indiana was a good choice and luckily teleworking is, is a, is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Erica. It's been really lovely and very interesting talking to you. Thank you so much for all your, your wisdom. Um, where can people find out more about you? Uh, yeah, well, you can find me on Facebook. I'll start there. Uh, <laughs> I do have a fan page um, that I'm actually surprised is getting sort of some movement lately. Um, so that is, if you, if you, um, it's facebook.com slash Erica Anderson Sylvester. That's my fan page. Um, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to like to explain that. But so that's my, that's my Facebook fan page or you can just search Erica Anderson and it should pop up. I have two, my personal and my fan page, but the fan page, I'm wearing a yellow sweater. Um, and then Twitter, Erica Anderson, um, Instagram, Erica 81. And then you can always, um, check out my blog, sweetlifeerica.com. Beautiful. I'll get all of those put into the um, post descriptions too, so that we've got them. But um, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure and um, all the best with everything and the little baba. <laughs> thank you so much. It was great meeting you. You too. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Uplifting Content Podcast with me, Ioni Butler. I record these episodes live on the Uplifting Content Facebook page every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific. So if you want to be part of the conversation, join our Facebook Live to share your thoughts and questions. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you get updated with the latest episodes twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us to reach more people and more listeners. So once you've done a review, email us a screenshot of your review to info at upliftingcontent.com and we will send you a special gift to say thank you. Lastly, the only way that you'll ever get notified from me is if you sign up for my weekly-ish email, which will have information about all our giveaways, what I'm up to, who's coming up on the interviews, just all the good stuff that you don't want to miss. So that's it. We'll have links to all that information in the show notes, and I look forward to hearing from you and seeing you on the lives perhaps soon. Bye.